Jesus where it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. The good news that we proclaim today is that Jesus conquered in the desert. And now he accompanies us in our deserts, empowering us to resist temptation as we participate in his victory. This is good news from the Lord. Amen? Amen. So, are you guys ready? Here was my desert this past week. (laughs) As some of you know, I'm going back to school to finish my degree. Um, I had gone for a year after high school, but never finished. It's always been something I've wanted to do. And so, I'm starting classes on Monday. I'm super excited. And in preparation for this, I've needed to take some placement tests for math and for English. Super fun at my age, right? The math one, I'm like, guys, I don't even need to take this. Just put me at the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) For English, though, I felt, you know, a little bit more confident about that. Um, I had signed up to take it uh, last week, which is just you write an essay based on a prompt. Easy enough, right? Um, And even though I feel more confident in it, as the days were leading up to it, I'm noticing like, oh, feeling more and more anxious about this and more and more nervous. I've never been a good tester. Like I used to break out into rashes (laughs) during tests, so never enjoyed testing. Um, So I've spent a lot of time preparing and practicing and studying and you know, doing some essays, having Ben check them, um, having Raina read them and give me advice. Um, But I just couldn't shake this feeling of anxiety as the days get closer and closer. It's kind of like, you know, like when you're driving on the road and a car is coming at you the other direction, but you can tell that they're on their phone (laughs) because they're like swerving over to the line and you like, you see their head like bobbing up and down. You're like, they're on their phone, they're on their phone, they're on their phone, get off your phone. And you're just like, get past them. You know, like that's the anxiety that I'm feeling as these days are coming closer and closer. So test day comes last Thursday, and I scheduled it in the afternoon so that I could specifically spend the whole morning preparing, which probably wasn't a good idea. But the test comes along, it's time to log in, and I'm doing an online program, so I have to get an online proctor. Um, Log in, show my ID, get all the details, figure out this is the test I'm taking. Um, you actually have to like take your laptop and like turn it around to show them the room, show them the desk so that you're not cheating, you know, show them the scrap paper that it's blank, you know, yes, I'm not cheating, um, all of that. So get through that all the way up to the point where the next step is like taking the test. And the final step is confirming your birth date. So it says, now you need to confirm your birth date. So I do, I punch it in, you know, April 17th, but it comes back as invalid. I'm like, that's strange. Okay, type it in again. Three more times, every single time. It's invalid, invalid. And finally, the proctor says, I'm sorry, Deborah. Since we can't confirm your birth date, you're going to need to reschedule the test. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Wait, what, what, no, 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 like, I'm trying to fix it, I'm going back, like, okay, can I find the place where I entered the birth date, and I couldn't find it, so I'm finally, okay, just, okay, 
slam the computer shut, run into Ben's office, burst open, and I'm like, well, it didn't work, didn't work, you know? He's like, what did I, the test didn't work, you know? And <sighs> I'm like, it just sent me spiraling, you know? And um, so obviously something bigger is going on than just rescheduling the test. Like my rational brain is like, okay, it stinks that you can't take the test, but you just reschedule it, you know? But something, for some reason, was striking deeper for me, as you can see. And I realized after, you know, I had spent the whole day sort of moping around and got to actually processing what was going on, <laughs> I realized, like, I felt like I had spent so much energy battling my anxiety to get to this point, and now it just all falls through, you know? I feel... Like, all of my fears have come true, and a whole host of other things have come true. And I'm just, like, feel helpless in the face of this circumstance. I feel like I'm alone, and I feel like I'm always going to struggle with this in this way. I can't get away from it. I feel like God led me up here to this point, and then just up and left. And I can't do it again. Like, I don't want to do this again. Sometimes I just feel like, my anxiety is just this insurmountable hill that if I do maybe get over it, there's just another mountain in the, in the way. And I just don't want to do it again. And my temptation that day was to believe that this was all true about myself and this was all true about God, and I'm just done. Have you ever had similar thoughts like that? I mean, maybe it's not anxiety, but maybe it's, you know, feeling like it's all up to you or feeling like nobody understands me, or nobody sees how hard I work every single day. Everyone else is getting what they need except me. Or my presence doesn't really matter here. Like I'm not really missed. Have you ever felt that ongoing, unending narrative that just won't quit? It's so easy in those moments to feel like my failure in the face of this temptation means that that's the end. Like God led me out here and just up and left. Friends, Jesus faced the same kind of temptation in the desert. See, Satan has no original content. <laughs> he uses the same strategies on all of us. You know, the thought or the idea comes, and we decide whether or not we're going to run with it. But the good news today is that Jesus conquered in the desert. And he now accompanies us in our deserts, empowering us to resist temptation. And on our text today, remember, Jesus had just been baptized by John, fed by the Father's benediction. This is my son. And next, it says that he was led into the desert by the Spirit to, be, uh, to begin this preparation for prayer and fasting to get ready for his ministry. And it says that Satan comes to him to test him, to see whether even good things could lure him from the Father's will. Does he really believe what he just heard the Father say at this baptism? And if he does, will he use that power, the power of his sonship, apart from the Father? See, the whole emphasis of this story, guys, is the... Um, testing of Jesus's identity and his calling. So first, it's stones to bread, right? 
Jesus is spent, physically exhausted. I cannot imagine not eating that long. It would be crazy. And he comes to him and he says, if you are the son of God, which is more the sense of like, since you are the son of God, assuming that you are the son of God, turn these stones to bread. Like this is a legitimate need that you have. You're hungry. You're starving. So use your power. Fulfill this need. And verify your sonship. You know, like you could turn these stones to bread. All of these people will come running after you. They'll be grateful. They'll be obedient. Like you could set up your whole ministry in this, in this way. Social justice. Feed the poor. Just think about it. It would be amazing. And the thing is, he has the power to do this. He could do this. But he refuses. His mission was to be continually dependent on the Father for his provision. And he says it takes more than bread to really live. We feel this temptation in the need for security. The bad news of I am what I have, and so I have something I could lose. And so I have to hold on to it. I have to gather it. I have to grasp for it, protect it. Where does this show up for you in trusting the Father to provide for you? Perhaps it's when you look at your bank account. Perhaps it's when somebody asks you to help out in a way and you feel the hesitation of like, oh, will I have enough energy for that? Perhaps it's in relationships of feeling like I have enough people around me to support me. Friends, the good news today is that Jesus conquered in the desert and now he accompanies us in our deserts, empowering us to resist temptation as we participate in his victory. Next, Satan brings Jesus before the kingdoms of the world. All the world's pomp and power, all of it. And he says, this is all mine to give. They're yours in all of their splendor to serve you in any way you wish. I mean, just think about it. The way would be opened up for so much good. And you can have it all right now. No annoying disciples. <laughs> no journey through this world that is broken. No bloody tears on the cross. I'll give you complete power over them. You just have to worship me. But it would mean compromise. It would mean using the world's methods. And he says, worship the Lord your God and only him. Serve him with absolute single-heartedness. Friends, we feel this temptation in uh, the temptation for significance. The bad news of I am what I accomplish, what I achieve. And so I have something to prove. So we strive, we try harder, we do more, we add more things. What ways do you feel like you need to prove your significance? Maybe it's realizing I've worked four nights out of five this past week. Or I haven't taken a vacation in three years. Or maybe it's, I've said yes to 10 different things and I don't even want to do any of them. Where does this show up for you today? The good news is that Jesus conquered in the desert and he now accompanies us in our deserts, empowering us to resist temptation as we participate in his victory. Finally, Satan takes him to the top of the temple and he says, 
since you're God's son, jump. Isn't there that verse where the angels are going to protect you, right? So show the world you have power to do this, you know? Awe them with a miraculous, spectacular stunt. Instant success would be yours. You have that safety net. Like, God has to catch you. So you're good. The people, just think about it. The people will love you. They will admire you. They will adore you. So just draw this crowd. Do this publicity stunt. Be the savior everyone wants. You know, they want you to free them from Rome. Show them this amazing stunt, and then you can do that. But he refuses to take his life into his own hands, to be in control, to force God's hand by making a sacrifice that God can't refuse. He refuses, and he says that he can only live in a relationship of trust with the Father. And we feel this in the temptation for belonging. The bad news of I am what others think, and so I have to hide. I have to hide who I really am. Because we're afraid of being really seen. Because we fear that rejection. Where do you feel like you can't be your true self today with others? Maybe you realize every time I'm with people, I'm putting on a show for them. Or maybe you have a strong fear of missing out. Maybe it bothers you if it seems like somebody doesn't like you. Where does this show up today? The good news is that Jesus conquered in the desert, and he now accompanies us in our deserts, empowering us to resist temptation as we participate in his victory. See, in all of these things, Jesus would have used his identity as the Son of God in a way that was inconsistent with the Father's mission for him. And what Jesus said no to, we're all tempted to say yes to. And I think there's an important clarification that we need to make, that temptation is not sin. I know for some of us that has been confusing, but temptation is not sin. Temptation is the thought or idea that comes that uh, the ways that we try to find life outside of God. Sin is going for that, acting on it, believing it, submitting it, submitting to it. Brian Zond, who put on our prayer school a while back, he said, I suspect that Satan came to Jesus the same way he comes to you and me, disguised as our own thoughts. See, Satan always begins in the realm of the mind by initiating a conversation, propositioning us with a choice, a question, a consideration. His temptations aren't obvious. It's not like, hey, kid, you should go rob that bank. That never happens. That never happened to me. <laughs> it's always like what I was describing earlier, this pervasive, soupy fog, this confusion that comes, this disorientation where our heads are spinning and our hearts get twisted and our lives just seem to plunge. That's what it's more like. We're more likely to hear, God's not really for you. He's not really with you. You're on your own. You can't really trust him. So grab what you can. Do what you can. Chart your own path. See, this is how it began for Adam and Eve in the garden. 
and it repeated with the Israelites in the desert. We see the pattern all through history. Adam and Eve faced one temptation in the garden and failed. The Israelites in the desert, same soupy fog. What kind of God would lead you out into the desert and then just ditch you? Don't you see? You're on your own. But in the place where the first generation failed, Jesus had victory. He persevered where Israel failed. Jesus said no in the desert to everything that Adam and Eve said yes to in the garden. And where humans failed, Jesus conquered. And the one who was tempted in the desert is also the crucified and resurrected one in whom God's new life and power is available to us today. And that's the amazing thing. At the end of our verses today, it says that he was um, tempted and conquered and then walked in the power of the Spirit. That's what's available to each one of us today. And friends, I am preaching this as much to myself as I am to you today. I am learning to walk in the desert. And I got to be honest, it is a battle. It is a battle every time my anxiety comes. My temptation that day was to believe that it was true that God had left and to just give up. Like, this dream is ridiculous. Just, you know, find something simpler, find something easier. But as I began processing and praying through this, I kept hearing God saying, Deb, keep shuffling your feet in my direction. Remember what I've told you. I'm with you in the battle. You're not alone. That was good news to me, to hang on to. That's why coming back to the liturgy and daily prayers is so important. It's like I need something else to remind me who I am and who God is because I'm forgetting. That's why we need each other. We need to say, remind me, remind me, who am I? That's why coming to the table is so important each week. It reminds us who we are and who God is. It's a beautiful gift as we come to celebrate. So I am learning to resist this temptation this week by rescheduling my test and starting classes on Monday <laughs> and just keep walking, keep shuffling my feet in God's direction. See, deserts can be places where we fall into temptation and can't get out. They can be places where we go mad thinking that we're on our own and that he's left us. Or they can be places where we realize God is making me. It's an opportunity to find our identity in God, in him alone, and become the people of God. In each of our temptations... Jesus is extending an invitation of good news to us. Invitations into significance. You matter here. Invitations into belonging. You belong here. And into security. You are safe here. The Spirit will lead all of us into the desert. But the good news to us today is that he will also lead us through the desert. That's what Lent is all about, right? We're creating space for this to happen. That as we go through the desert, we're filled with his 
power, with his presence. See, he walked into the desert, into our fog, and it threatened to destroy him, just like it does for all of us. But he trusted the Father completely, and he succeeded. And now he shows us how to walk through. He says, take my hand, trust me. Keep shuffling your feet in my direction. I've been through the desert, and I'll lead you. I'll show you the way. Friends, the good news today is that Jesus conquered in the desert, and he now accompanies us in our deserts, empowering us to resist temptation as we participate in his victory. So how do we respond as a community to this good news today? Our sermons are always leading us to the table, so that's part of it. Later on, we'll all come to the table. But for now, I would encourage you each to reflect on which of these three temptations are you most in touch with now? Henry Nouwen calls them the three lies of identity. I am what I have, I am what I do, or I am what others think of me or say of me. Which are you most in touch with today? And I want to invite us to respond in prayer. If it's helpful for you, we can pray this prayer out loud. And in your booklets, you'll see, it says, Lord Jesus, in my temptation to believe blank. And it might be, in my temptation to believe that you've left me. In my temptation to believe that it's all up to me. Whatever it is, help me to know that you are with me in the desert, empowering me to resist temptation and participate in your victory. Lord, in your mercy, and then we'll all agree with you. Hear our prayer. So let's take a few moments to respond in prayer. I'll begin us. Lord Jesus, in my temptation to believe that I'm alone, that you have led me to this place and just left, that I don't have what I need, help me to know that you are with me in my desert, empowering me to resist temptation and participate in your victory. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer.